It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. Today's show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. Today, we're going to explore the psychology of weight loss. You know, the American Psychological Association, in a recent article, says the the major aspect of weight control involves understanding and managing thoughts and behaviors. So let me read that again. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets get this. The major aspect of weight control involves understanding and managing thoughts and behaviors that can interfere with weight loss. You know, I personally <laughs> think that statement opens up a can of big, ugly worms. Mm-hmm. So we're yep. going to explore <laughs> where those thoughts and behaviors come from and how brain chemistry and nutrition affects your thoughts and behaviors. That might be a whole new idea for people, that your brain chemistry and nutrition affects your thoughts and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if our conversation today gets too technical or boring, (laughs) just give us a call at 651-641-1079 with just a straight nutrition question, because we want Dishing Up Nutrition to answer your questions. As we all know, nutrition and how it affects health conditions is really a very complex topic, and I don't think most people appreciate that. But as nutritionists, we (laughs) do appreciate that. It's so much more than calories in and calories out. So much more, and that's what we've been... We've been told for so many years, right? Almost to the point where it gets frustrating for people. Right. So nutrition and what we put in our mouth hasn't been understood or really, again, appreciated until recently. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, you know, our great-grandmothers knew. Mm -hmm. Adele Davis knew. Yes. And joining me in our discussion about psychology of weight loss is Joanne Rideau, who is a licensed and registered dietitian. So, Joanne, give people a little clue of what you do every day at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Well, lots of consultations. Yes. And um, one of the things we do is review a very lengthy and in-depth health history form. A client completes that before their appointment. Ten pages, I think. It's about ten pages long. And we discuss that history form because that is what helps to determine our personalized Mm -hmm. plan. And we also set some goals. So people have goals like weight loss, lowering their cholesterol, avoiding diarrhea, maybe no more constipation, eliminating acid reflux or reducing joint pain, improving their bone health, or eliminating hot flashes, or even maybe reducing symptoms of ADD. Mm -hmm. So Joanne, you know, yesterday when I was at work, uh, one of the clients asked me, well, if we're not testing for this, how do we know? And I said... We look at symptoms. We look at mm-hmm. symptoms. Yep. And it all comes out of the health history form. Exactly. Yep. And that's why we have such a in-depth health history form because exactly. we really want to know what's going on with you personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So also I teach weight and wellness classes in the office or in the community or for business groups. Let's 
So nice, complete day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lots of variety. <laughs> That's what makes it interesting. It is great. That's the yep. part. <laughs> so the other voice that you're hearing is uh, Katie Vigasa, mm-hmm. and she is a registered and licensed dietitian. Mm-hmm. So how's your day? What's your day? At, oh, the days the are great. Nutritional way. <laughs> They're <What>? so good. <laughs> Definitely, like Joanne was saying, lots of variety, and that keeps us on our toes, yes. and that keeps us learning and moving. You know, sometimes, um, you know, like Joanne was saying, I'm working with a client one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Maybe another day I'll get a call in the morning and they will say, oh, let's do a TV interview this afternoon. <laughs> so sometimes being interviewed, surprise, for, surprise <laughs> being interviewed for a TV station. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm just addressing questions about supplements. Maybe mm-hmm. a client comes in and has a supplement question. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe sometimes I'm researching what type of nutrition plan will be the best for a certain medical condition because we know Right. Nutrition is not a one-size-fits-all. Fits That's right. Absolutely. We have to tailor it uh, per person. Oh, and then, of course, we're teaching classes, too. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I love teaching classes. Oh, yeah. I the, do, too. The energy in the classes and mm-hmm. when you can really stand up there and really help people um, understand some of this in a class setting, it's great. So we teach the weight and wellness series we talk about on the show. And I think, Katie, one of the things that a lot of people believe mm-hmm. is if they go to a nutrition class, it's going to be boring. Oh, All you're going to do is site research. Right. And ours <laughs> are not, that's what we've been through. We, right. Yes, we have been. been. Yes. But, and people are so pleasantly surprised and they will say that, um, you know, I'll teach at businesses as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that some of the feedback we get in the businesses or through the business is that, oh, gosh, we thought this was going to be just a standard kind of nutrition lecture. <laughs> and it was so much more. They learned so much more and they were able to apply what mm-hmm. we talked about. We kind of pride ourselves in presenting material in a way that is going to help people make changes in their own behavior. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. And yep. just kind of sometimes spouting the the statistic, Adam, doesn't always no. help them make the change. Exactly. Um, you know, even with like the business, the business side of things, um, businesses and corporations, they're realizing that when they have healthy employees, it's better for their mm-hmm. bottom line. So even bringing us in mm-hmm. to do these discussions is better for their um, what their bottom line. So it's really a win-win situation for the employee because they mm-hmm. feel better um, and their health gets better, and for the business. They're more productive. They're more productive. Their brain works a little bit better. Exactly. Definitely. So it's much, it's, you know, I've worked in clinical settings and this is a very rewarding, um, rewarding position. So we we love it. Yes. It's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. So daily we see improvements in our client's health and we may go home a little bit tired, but it feels really good to have made a difference for Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. and to help someone feel better. So all well worth it. And when people come back, you know, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks after their consultations and sit down across the table from you exactly, and say, wow, I feel so much better, whether right. it's in their energy or their digestive system or right. their moods or what their sleep mm-hmm. that, yeah. I mean, that yeah. does, that makes our day. It does, it does not get old. No, it doesn't. That does it not does. get old. And, and in just a few weeks. That's yes, great. that's right. Yes. So let's get back to our topic, psychology of weight loss. Again, the American Psychological Association said The major aspect of weight control involves understanding and managing thoughts and behaviors Mm -hmm. that can interfere with weight loss. So where do those thoughts and behaviors come from? Let's Mm -hmm. dig into this. Because today in the U.S., two out of three people are overweight. You know, and as kind of an independent thinker, I would ask, (laughs) are we all poor at managing, managing our thoughts and behaviors? Is that simply it? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's kind of, I don't know. So um, today, 30% of the U.S. children and teens are obese or overweight. So it really is a major health epidemic that we believe must be stopped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, again, two-thirds of Americans <clears throat> are overweight today. In the 1950s through the 1960s, only 33% of About Americans, a third of the people. Yeah, yeah. were overweight. Um, two-thirds today, one-third in the 50s and the 60s. So something's changed. So is it our ability to understand and manage our thoughts and behaviors, has that decreased? Is it that? Or have we lost some of our reasoning ability over the last 50 to 60 years? Or is weight gain and obesity a biochemical or is it an, a nutrition problem? You know, let's explore more thoughts as we go forward because try as you might, until you get the correct food and nutrition, your brain just isn't very successful at managing thoughts and behaviors. Okay, and we're going to come back to this topic very soon. But you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. It's time for break one. I want to share an email Karen sent us last week. She started out the email with, Hello to all of you at Weight and Wellness. My name is Karen. I am 45. I live in Bedfordshire, England, and I commute to London every day in my car. I work in Pentonville Prison as a governor, so managing my health and stress is so important to me. I am so fortunate to have found you. I listen again and again to all of the podcasts on the way to work and back, and I've learned so much. I purchased vitamin D and magnesium. I eat eggs for breakfast, and I've stopped eating bread. I don't know what it is, but no bread feels better. (laughs) Anyway, I just wanted to tell you, I think your show is wonderful, and I'm such a fan. Best wishes, and please keep them coming. That's well, nice to hear. It is. So thank you, Karen, for listening, and thank you for the email. So if you have friends in Florida or New York or Alaska or England or Australia, mm-hmm. wherever, let them know you can download any of all of our podcasts, and you can find us on iTunes or at weightandwellness.com. And we'll be back in a minute. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I know we have many nurses and other professionals who need continuing education credits listening today. So why not take a two-hour class such as Gut Reaction or our Foods to Build Happy Focus Kids and learn how nutrition can be a benefit to you and your clients. Uh, You can earn 2.4 CEUs for each two-hour class. And even better, uh, you can sign up for our weekend weight and wellness seminar which is happening the weekend of March 20th to the, to the 22nd, and you can earn 14.4 CEUs. Uh, many friends and coworkers actually take these classes together and help each other make lifestyle changes together. So give us a call at 651-699-3438, or you can sign up online at weightandwellness.com. And often we have people from out of state that come yes. to our weight and wellness weekends. Yep, so. yes. And I've had, yeah, I've had clients who have flown in just specifically for the weekend. So mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity. Uh, Minnesota is warming up. So (laughs) maybe a little more appealing. (laughs) Promise. Not the weather lady, but. (laughs) So before we went to break, we were actually kind of discussing a really interesting article um, that had come out recently. And it was talking about that with weight loss, it was saying the major aspect of weight control 
and weight loss involves understanding and managing our thoughts and behaviors. So what we've noticed in the population is, well, over the past, since the 1950s and 60s, our weight has gone up and up. So is it that we're having more difficulty managing our thoughts and behaviors? Or as you know, nutritionists, dietitians, we're thinking maybe what we're eating is mm-hmm. affecting the way our brain can think. Well, I think if our brain yeah. is depleted in nutrients, yep. or even high on sugar, right, and it very says high sugar. over and over, <laughs> I want more, mm-hmm. more, more, please. Like the Cookie Monster, definitely. So, Doctor Daniel Amen, in his book "Change Your Brain, Change Your Body," has a nice chart on page fifty-one that he calls willpower robbers and willpower boosters. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that. So Dr. Daniel Amen, I read many of his books. He's know. great. He's very he's, good. He's a clinical neuroscientist, and he's a psychiatrist by training. Mm-hmm. And he's also an author of many, many brain books. Mm-hmm. Easy yep. to read books. Yes. Yeah, and some of um, the willpower robbers that he talks about is, number one, If you are not getting enough sleep, it's going to be a willpower robber. So number one, poor sleep or lack of sleep will affect our willpower. Number two, low blood sugar. Right. Low blood sugar means low blood flow to the brain Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. our willpower does not work the way we would like it to. Absolutely. Number three would be a poor diet. Um, You know, number four would be drinking alcohol. You know, we would all, you know, we would also add things like processed carbohydrates with gluten, sugar, uh, trans fats, artificial f- fake sweeteners, and mm-hmm. additives such as MSG and skipping meals, those would be willpower robbers. So those are the things that we see a lot mm-hmm. of times yes. when mm-hmm. people sit down to talk to us. Mm-hmm. This is common for the way people live this day mm-hmm. these days. And, you know, people will express their frustration in classes or in the consultations, um, you know, thinking, well, if I only had more willpower. If I was just one of those people who had more willpower and we can almost look at them and look at the way they're eating and say, well, hey, if you're you're eating, your diet is not on Mm -hmm. par here and you're eating a lot of processed foods, that's Mm going to block your brain. It is. So that's what we teach in our classes. We actually teach people how to have more willpower. Mm -hmm. You know, the solution has to do with balancing the brain areas that involved in the chemistry of pleasure and self-control. Mm-hmm. And we actually have brain areas in our brain that balances those. Mm-hmm. That, right. You know, give us that information. It's called the pleasure center and the self-control center. Yeah. Lots of people come in and say, I just can't stop. I, you know, I, I just have all these cravings. This is never going to work. Mm-hmm. And they, yes. they don't realize that we can reduce those. Mm-hmm. So some of those willpower boosters are the following. First of all... One of the main ones, get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. At least seven and a half hours minimally. Biochemically, people can actually lose weight as they sleep. So eight and a half to nine hours of sleep seems to help the best. You know, willpower booster number two, uh, eat frequent small meals with maybe throughout the day with maybe three to four ounces of protein, one to two cups of vegetables, and maybe a couple teaspoons to a tablespoon of healthy fat. And as we talk about um, throughout the show, that will help keep our blood sugar balanced and we'll feel phenomenal doing that. Yep. So willpower booster number three, eat a nutrient-rich diet. Well, what in the world is that? Right. <laughs> yes. So replace <laughs> bread and bagels with fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's simple. That's that simple. is. Replace French fries with a small sweet potato and butter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's easy. That's yep. easy. Replace soy burgers with grass-fed beef burgers. Yes. And Big as, difference. And as a, a gal who used to love her soy burgers, <laughs> the grass-fed beef burger is yeah, much, much better. better. <laughs> much better. Um, here's willpower <clears throat> booster number four. Drink water and not soda or sports drinks. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one for people. It people is. love their sodas. And if they don't love their sodas, they love their Gatorades, their Powerades, mm-hmm. their sports drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about this on the show last week, but we need water. We have to have water. Even when people say, well, I don't like the taste of water. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we are water. So even adding like a splash of lime or a lemon or something in there to jazz it up will, will help. It mm-hmm. helps a lot. So willpower booster number five is replace wine, beer, or other alcoholic drinks with sparkling water iced tea, or mineral water. So remember, alcoholic drinks make our bodies fat. You know, sometimes... a lot of sugar. <laughs> yes, they certainly do. And I've actually seen that a lot with clients, um, especially recently, once we get rid of a lot of that wine that they're drinking throughout the week, it definitely helps their metabolism. Definitely. You know, sometimes I will... Um, I don't want a glass of wine, but I'll grab my fancy wine glass mm-hmm. and I'll pour my LaCroix water into it. And mm-hmm. you that's feel a, like you have a treat. That's right. Or and my that's... kombucha. Love that. <laughs> sure. There you go. You can do that. <laughs> so these are simple nutritional habits that our grandmother knew. Mm-hmm. They understood. Really, they did. They understood that bread and pasta led to weight gain. Mm-hmm. And they understood clear well water was a drink of choice. Yep. They understood that hard work that people were doing at that time, they needed to eat five times a day to keep up their energy and their metabolism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was common. Yeah. Very. You things. worked and then you had a snack and then you had a meal and then you worked and, you know, it was just five yeah. meals a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lots of real, real food. Mm-hmm. Um, but then food factories mm-hmm. arrived on the scene. They did. Yep. What happened is we started eating TV dinners. We started eating boxed meals like mac and cheese, lots of cereal, maybe candy bars, pasta. And what happened is people's middles started expanding. Mm -hmm. You know the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. Men's belt sizes, they went from a 32-inch waist up to a 36-inch waist. And then from there, it went back up, it went further up to a 42-inch waist. So what do you think, listeners, what do you think was the first processed food? What do you think was actually out there? So, you know, if you're a listener, you look in your kitchen cupboard today and 94% of people have a box of this product sitting on their shelf. But 100 years ago, and this was in 1915, that's when my mother was born, no one had a box of this. Right. So are you guessing, if you've guessed cereal, you're right. Mm-hmm. Think of it. Cereal, cereal requires very little from us. Yeah, you know, I, it's interesting. Right. I no think that's cooking. the lure for people is yeah, that it is. it's easy. No cooking, no skills. Mm-mm. It's just quick and easy. But here's the other thing: millions and millions of dollars are spent on advertising cereal every year. So people automatically <clears throat> believe it's simple, easy, mm-hmm. and it must be good because everybody says it's good. Well, and think of all of the. Again, with the marketing that goes on with it, if you look at the front of many of these boxes of cereal, it'll say things like high fiber and added vitamins Mm -hmm. and minerals. And it'll paint this picture in your brain that, wow, gosh, this is this is what I should be eating for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, When you listen to those marketing messages, they do sound healthy. And we do see those high fiber markings on the container or gluten free even. 
or low fat, yes. all natural, high protein, mm-hmm. essential vitamins. But cereal's not so good for us. Um, it really is a high, highly processed food with perhaps some questionable additives. Even lots of people eat it for dinner. It oh. amazes me how many people eat it for dinner. Yes. I mean, we know, we wow. see that all the time when people are getting home from work and they, yeah. you know, there's not a dinner plan. So they just pour a box of cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that when I was growing up, you know, what it was just easy. It was what, what we could do. So, um, you know, we're going to take a break here. But yep. before when we get back, we're going to kind of keep some of this conversation going, even a little bit about cereal here. Uh, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, I actually want to read you the first paragraph to an article our nutrition educator Kristen Gunderson wrote for this week's blog and newsletter. The title is Change Your Mind Set. Mindset Thank you, <laughs> to Start Losing Weight. She writes, just what goes on in the head of someone that is fighting to lose weight. If you've ever been that person, you know there's a lot going on in there all the time. It never stops. That's why I call it a fight. There is that constant inner monologue regarding perfection and failure, being good and being bad, eating less, moving more. It's exhausting. And I want to give you some tools that may help you to change your perspective. And that's really what needs to happen. The way you are thinking about things has to change. Over the next few weeks, I'll be sharing four concrete ways to turn that fight into a more peaceful mindset about weight. So if you've signed up for the Weight and Wellness Newsletter, just please open it Mm -hmm. and read the rest of it. (laughs) Yes. Or if you haven't and you want to listen, look at our blog. It's on weightandwellness.com and you can read it there. Kristen has so much to say in this article. It's a good one. It's a good one. And we'll be back here in a minute. You know, we know the weather locally and nationally has been challenging. But now that it's March, we're turning the corner. And let's face it, the coats will be coming off, we hope. And you will want to look and feel your best. So just quit fighting with yourself about what to eat or not to eat. Sign up for the next Nutrition for Weight Loss program starting in six different locations. And let us help you calm your brain so you can get on with life. You know, just call 651-699-3438 today. Or you can, you know, if you've got some questions about the program, go ahead and ask them. No problem. Mm-hmm. You know, Nutrition for Weight Loss is truly a life-changing program. Mm-hmm. And if people have questions for us today, just give us a call at 651-641-1071. And I know we have a caller online, caller. right? Yep. Okay, let's let's see what the caller okay. has to ask us. I hope it's a really hard question. Really hard. Put us on the spot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Good morning, Connie. Do you have a question about LaCroix? Yes, please. I am taking your um, nutrition for weight loss class in Mendota Heights. And Good. Now I'm confused, but they've told us not to drink LaCroix. So tell me, now this morning you mentioned it was okay, so I'm confused. Give me the basics of that, please. Well, I think what they're probably saying is, Anytime that you use kind of water that has like charged water type of, you know, mineral water, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. if you drink a can of it, it's just fine every day. Mm -hmm. But if you drink many, many, many cans of it, it Mm -hmm. may slow your weight loss down. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably what they're saying. Okay, so like two, is that a a reasonable amount? I I think, you know what? 
if you're drinking that instead of a Coke, it is very reasonable. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's. Yeah, and you know, sometimes we have to make these, as Katie would say, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And Something that's. thing about the carbonation that's just so refreshing. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But it does, it has been found. So there's been some research done. If you drink a lot of carbonated beverages, it does slow down your weight, wa- weight loss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, just pure water is the best. But if you're looking for something else, Yes. Mm-hmm. To jazz up your beverage. Yeah. Oh, I feel so much better. Thank okay. <laughs> yes, good. Good. We could calm that down. That's good. All right. Perfect. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have you. a great day. Yeah. So before we went to break, we were kind of um, having the discussion about, you know, cereal, but just really processed carbs in general and how we've mm-hmm. been consuming more of these throughout the years and how that, like the processed carbohydrate eating, the cereal eating, has been maybe hard on our brain and then in turn our thought patterns Mm -hmm. um, and also our waistlines. You know, so if you still have cereal boxes in your cupboard, check the label. Do you find BHT? So BHT is actually a preservative not allowed in Europe and it's considered an endocrine disruptor, which means it could affect your hormones. That's interesting. That is interesting. Mm -hmm. So other ingredients in cereal that many people choose to avoid are artificial colors and dyes. Mm -hmm. And again, most European countries require any foods containing artificial colors or dyes to carry a warning label. Mm -hmm. This is the label. It says, may have an adverse effect on activity and attention in children. Yes. So they're very proactive with this. Yes. They are. So, you know, as a parent, you may have experienced the reaction maybe your child has had to red dye number 40. And remember, it wasn't pretty. Right. Not all children and Mm -hmm. not all adults are sensitive to red dye number 40. But of course, I mean, we know that. Yeah. But for some, it could cause more inflammation and drive us to want more and more and more. Right. And it's interesting when you start to look, and I've looked at many, many different cough drops these days Mm -hmm. because everyone seems like they're needing a cough drop these Mm -hmm. days. And I Mm -hmm. look at the label and I say, look at this. Yeah. It's got red number 40 in it or it has artificial uh, kind of sweetener of some type, mm-hmm, sugar mm-hmm. alcohols. Mm-hmm. And people will come in and say, yeah, well, why am I having so much gas and bloating since I started using these cough drops? Yes. And I say, oh, it's, it's see the sugar alcohol in? Mm-hmm. Sugar alcohol causes that. The gas and the mm-hmm. bloating, yeah. So it's, a, we, you know, and we encourage um, the cl- people in our classes uh, and anyone who listens to this show to always be very aware of the ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. So always be a label reader. Mm-hmm. So should we take another caller, Joanne? Yeah. Let's okay. take another caller. Good morning, Sherry. You have a question? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, I think a lot of us, you know, we do like to let our hair down on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my drink of preference is like a a vodka diet seven and um, like the higher end vodka with lemon. Um, What are the better alcohol drinks? If you're going to drink that's lower in sugar, um, I mean, what would you recommend? Well, you know, a lot of our um, people that are gluten free, they do vodka with, but it's, a vodka that is uh, potato based. 
Yeah. And so that seems to work well. Probably the thing, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, but probably the diet soda is the thing that you should get out of that drink. Mm -hmm. Yes. And replace it with something else, you know. Um, I mean, people, honestly, people. Like if you used regular, um, like, seven, I mean, that's got sugar. I mean. Right. Actually. Oh, sorry, sorry. One thing that. Yeah. Clients have used before is like, again, we going back to that LaCroix, it'll have, mm-hmm. they'll have a lime one or a lemon one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, they, and maybe just a splash of orange or a little splash, of, you know, to just give it a little more flavor. And that's probably would you know, a so splash of just a little bit of orange juice. Versus the seven. I'm sorry, say say that again. Use the LaCroix yes. water yeah. instead of the, mm-hmm. like the diet seven. Yep. Yeah. So that Oh, what a great idea. Okay. okay. I think that's probably, you know, it's again how much you drink mm-hmm. and if you limit it, you know, and if it's only once a week, yep. you know, it's probably okay. Yep. Yeah. Some, exactly. Or, okay, you know, awesome. thank you ladies. You're right. welcome. Sure. <laughs> in yes. that in that case too, um, you know, people will ask about wines as well. So mm-hmm. if you get a drier wine, um, exactly. That's going right. to be a better option than some of those really sweet ones. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so Joanne, should we? we are we more caller? callers? Okay. Yeah, one more. Yeah, we have a caller we can take here. Good morning, Mary Lee. You have a question? Yes, I have a question. Because a while back you had said that years and years ago our grandmothers never had cereal in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I was on a program where they highly recommended like four eggs a, a day and. I just couldn't handle just having eggs in the morning every day. How about, like, steel-cut oatmeal? What are your thoughts on that? Because I imagine my great-grandmother probably had that on hand. I think that's a great question. Yeah. Joanne, you're on the oatmeal. I am. (laughs) Well, as long as it's steel-cut... And also, one thing we do recommend is that you keep your portion to about a half a cup. Because the cereal can be... It, it's going to turn to sugar mm-hmm. yes. well, even of a, any kind. And even a lot of these packaged brands. Right. And the, especially the packaged brand. I was very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a um, package of organic instant oatmeal that I had picked up for my husband because I can't get him off oatmeal yet. <laughs> and um, it was the second eight ingredient of that was sugar. So, so yeah. using the straight... Steel-cut oats is okay as long sure. as you're not gluten-sensitive, but um, really keeping that portion size down to a half a cup is mm-hmm. important. Yep. So but, have something to go with it, like yeah. sausages or you know, a piece of meat or if you don't want eggs every day. Yeah, yep. we have a great turkey sausage recipe. I believe yes. it's on our website, but we have it in our cookbooks as mm-hmm. well. That yep. If you get bored of eggs, kind of switch it up a little bit too. But thank you. Can I ask one more question? Yeah, sure. Okay. So on this program I was on, they um, said do not drink milk because there's sugar in milk. Use cream instead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So yep. when you say half a cup, do you mean a half a cup cooked or uncooked? That's cooked. 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 Okay. Thank you for clarifying so, that. Yeah. So have your oatmeal and uh, put you know your steel cut oats. Put mm-hmm. some cream on it. And then have some turkey sausage. Then you've got a pretty good breakfast. That would be yeah. much a much better option. That would be good. So got that's so let's go back and talk a little bit more about oh it's time it's for time break. For, it's time for oh, break we had some good callers and it took us right to break time here all some right great calls so you're listening to dishing up nutrition last week we asked people to ask their server when eating out in a restaurant what kinds of oils were used back in the kitchen to cook their food 
So some of you have emailed us, but we decided we wanted to collect more responses. So please call us or email us and let us know who's using butter, which restaurants use lard, which ones use olive oil, and which ones use cottonseed or corn oil or soybean oil. So if they are using a refined oil, let's ask them to upgrade to maybe olive oil or coconut oil. So if you have questions for us today, please call 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you are in perimenopause or menopause or even postmenopause, and you're experiencing any of the symptoms such as hot flashes, insomnia, osteoporosis, mood swings, weight gain, low libido. So Joanne and I are going to be teaching the menopause seminar Saturday, March 28th from 1030 to 330. And you might be asking, hmm, (laughs) what has nutrition got to do with symptoms? So much more than you can even imagine. It's a great class. So I have a little magical solution for insomnia. Now, it works for a lot of people. Ditch the caffeine. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even that morning cup of coffee, sometimes you have to ditch. Mm -hmm. And take 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate, and ours is by far the best, Mm -hmm. to NeuroCalm, which is a great supplement before bed, and I believe you'll be sleeping through the night. So, So to sign up for the seminar, to hear more ideas and more solutions, call you know, you can call 651-699-3438 to sign up. And we were talking about how risky cereal could be. Yes. We sometimes think of cereal as such we, such a staple. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one often the first ingredient is sugar or even the second ingredient. Sometimes it's the third or the fourth ingredient. But we know sugar turns on the pleasure center in the brain. It turns it on to say, I want more and more and more. So if you have a bowl of cereal in the morning, mm-hmm. exactly, your brain might be saying, yeah, I want more. I want mm-hmm. more. I want more. Yeah. So remember, you are what you eat. The more sugar you eat, the more we tell our bodies to transfer it into body fat. And so sugar that's hidden in foods such as cereal gets transferred into body fat just as fast as sugar from a donut. So, I think that's interesting for people. Yes. You know, they think, well, I ate cereal, not a donut, but your body doesn't know that. I mean, it just knows, oh, that was sugar. similar, actually. So the psychology of weight loss becomes so much more than managing our thoughts and behaviors. It is really understanding what we are eating and how it affects our brain chemistry and also our fat cells. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so let's dig a little deeper into the psychology of weight loss. You know, you may be a person that has been unable to lose weight or keep weight off, and you're just plain frustrated. If this is you, I really encourage you to go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and listen to Nell's story. She's lost 90 pounds, and she's kept it off for over three years. You know, I actually do this every once in a while, just yeah. when I need a little you know, <laughs> inspiration. Sure. Yes. Just listen to this, good. her story. And I know she's very inspirational for a lot of our clients um, in our classes. You know, but first, and she will say this, it wasn't easy. She said it took almost a year of healthy eating before she lost any weight. I mean, if 
if if you think about your past and you've eaten a lot of processed foods, you've been on lots of diets, up and down, and yo-yo mm-hmm. sugar, sometimes it takes a while to get the body almost re-nourished and kind of going again. Yep. So you might say, well, what happened to Nils' metabolism? You know, I believe really many different things happen. Mm-hmm. First, from eating processed carbs for years, she was insulin resistant. Mm-hmm. It was necessary really to reduce that insulin resistance to get her metabolism to work. Also, her hormones were all off from eating trans fats and processed carbs. Uh, it's kind of interesting. People, you know, trans fats and processed carbs throw my hormones off. Yes, yes. they do. Remember, you are what you eat. So by adding detoxing vegetables to her plan, things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, spinach, kale, cauliflower, her hormone level rebalanced and she had less toxic estrogens and her metabolism finally started to yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It she was feeling, and that's what she'll say when she was doing this. She was being rewarded by feeling better. Yes. Her skin was looking mm-hmm. nicer. Her energy was better. She was sleeping better. But her metabolism still it took, took a, a long little time, time yeah. before it really revved up. And she was still overly hungry all the time because the appetite-related hormone ghrelin was still sending messages to her brain saying, I need to eat. So how do you turn off that hunger hormone? One simple solution is getting enough sleep. Nell mm-hmm. needed to sleep more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nine hours is ideal to turn off that hunger hormone. And really, honestly, sleep is restorative. We have really to is. get enough sleep to help our body mm-hmm. kind of almost heal. You know, Dr. David Perlmutter said in his book, Grain Brain, when your appetite hormones are not behaving properly, your brain becomes essentially disconnected from your stomach. <laughs> it deceives you into thinking you're hungry when you're not. And people have recognized that, you know, especially if they haven't gotten enough sleep the night yes. before, they will notice right. that they have more food cravings, carb cravings, sugar cravings. Absolutely. And we really understand if you can't control your hunger and your appetite, it's going to be hard to control your blood sugar, mm-hmm. Absolutely. your metabolism and your waistline. Yep. And that control can start with eating the weight and wellness way, also sleeping eight and a half to nine hours a night, and avoiding processed food. Now, this might so- sound like a tall order. Um, and if you feel like, hey, that sounds great, but I don't know how to actually put that into practice in my daily life, this is, again, where we love to offer support. Yes. You know, if you feel like you can't do that alone, a lot of people do need help. So right. sign up for one of our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes, Weight and Wellness, or even just simply coming in for an individual consultation if you don't maybe prefer the classroom setting. A lot right. of people will do that just to focus one-on-one. You know, another exactly. one that I hear all the time, Katie, mm-hmm. is that, you know, some people have taken our Nutrition for Weight Loss class, and then mm-hmm. they've taken it once, and then mm-hmm. they know they need the, the support, so they take it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they take it three or four or five times, and they say, you know, every time I take that class, I learn more. Right. Well, I think everybody is ready at a different place. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when they first come in there to a class, they're struggling with their sugar cravings and all that. And they're not probably not hearing. All they're hearing is, oh, I can't eat sugar. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know that we'll talk about brain chatter sometimes, Mm -hmm. but sometimes when people are just coming into our classes, they'll have some of that and they kind of can't hear everything we're saying. So, Joanne, do we we have have time for a caller or two? Yeah, I think we have time for a call here. Just a minute. We got a good question, it looks like. Good morning, Jill. You have a question about sleep? Good morning, Joe. I have a seven-year-old son, and he has some sensory issues. Mm-hmm. 
And his pediatrician told us to give him melatonin. Mm -hmm. And I just finished my six weeks um, weight and wellness class with you guys. Oh, great. And they had mentioned that melatonin should be short term. Well, I I think it depends on, is it working? Have you tried the melatonin? It does work well for him. Uh, You know, I would let it be. I might try to reduce the amount that you're giving him every day and see if that doesn't work. You know, maybe if you're giving him five milligrams today, you give him four next week and see if it works. Mm -hmm. And then you reduce it to, say, three. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, melatonin has no real downsides, you know, but it's more important to sleep. Mm -hmm. And if it's working, great. Okay. And, of course, applying a lot of the principles you learned in weight, weight and wellness um, to his diet as well um, will be very important. I mean, even for kids, too much sugar um, is very hard on their, their brain and their sleep patterns as well. You know, one of the things that I've always noticed is that if a child has a sleep problem, often underneath they have a gluten problem. And mm-hmm. so sometimes taking them off of gluten, you know, taking mm-hmm. them off of the bread, pasta, and all those carbs, then they sleep and they mm-hmm. sleep much more restfully. Yes. They're not yep. all over the bed. So just another yeah, clue. working on that, too. He's just a very picky eater, so it's yeah. kind of process. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, another thing is, you know, come in and talk to one of the nutritionists for a consultation because sometimes we can help mm-hmm. you get through some of those steps with that picky eater stuff. So mm-hmm. And always ask to be, um, you know, you can always ask to be paired with someone who maybe has a child and has had, um, can kind of relate a little bit too. I think mm-hmm. that's always nice to be working with someone who can kind of relate mm-hmm. um, to what you're going through. So, you know, talking about a gluten sensitivity next week, we have Cassie and Brittany on talking mm-hmm. about gluten sensitivities and they have their own personal stories and they have a wealth of information about yeah. it. Just huge. Yeah. That's great. That will be a, that will be a great one. We also online have, um, our gluten class too, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about how gluten can potentially be disrupting um, our brain patterns. So, right. do you think we have time for another caller well, or let's, not? Let's give it a try. I guess not. I think I so. Guess that not. Answered us. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. This was a great show. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at the desk and six five one six nine nine three four three eight. But to everyone, remember: change your food. And change your brain. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.